Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. We're talking about drug use and whether or not enough is being done to tackle the issue, not just across the country, but also here in Cork. And we're speaking about Cork today because a number of weeks back, the HSE issued an extreme risk drug warning after a nitazine type substance had been linked to what it described as recent cases of serious overdose in Cork City. And David Lane is the General Manager for Social Inclusion with the Health Service Executive. David is, is with us on the programme today. Just, David, to put that into, into context or into perspective for us, how serious is a warning like that? Well, we don't issue warnings lightly, Andrea, because I suppose one of the things that we like to kind of um, be firm on, uh, and especially when we're dealing with a very vulnerable population of people, is that if we issue too many warnings too often, uh, then no notice will be taken of them. So for us, issuing a warning back in December around uh, this product, which emerged in Dublin before uh, December uh, in Ireland, um, we uh, we became aware of its circulation in Dublin, and you know, I suppose within a number of weeks, then we were able to plan for the emergence of the drug then as well in Cork. So um, we had an interagency group uh, uh, together uh, to look at uh, what we need to do to protect uh, the citizens of Cork around uh, nitazines and uh, its potential circulation here. Um, and I suppose we when we issued the alert. Uh, one of the th- most important things from my point of view was actually getting the alert into the um to the into the hands and into, literally into the phones of people who were actually using um heroin in partic- in particular in the city here in cork um and uh, and basically give them the information that they needed to be aware uh, in terms of keeping them safe and keeping them alive that was the bottom line for us in terms of issuing a warning like that at the time yeah. Can you just explain what is this nitazine type substance? Was it being sold as something similar to heroin, David? No, no. Well, it was being sold as heroin, Andrea. Um, look, it's a synthetic drug, uh, so nitazine and other uh, things like fentanyl uh, are synthetic drugs. So these are drugs that are actually produced uh, through uh, laboratories in different parts of the world, um, and they'd have similar properties. Uh, to the likes of uh, the opiates that would be um, uh, sold as heroin um, across the uh, globe, global drug markets, like you know, so uh, these are probably easier to produce than than heroin. Um, they can be mass produced in terms of laboratories. Uh, they're probably easier, cheaper to uh, produce, um, and you know that's why we're seeing the emergence of these not just in Ireland but across Europe and across other parts of the world as well. I mean, we've seen. Uh, the impact of fentanyl in uh, the United States. And, you know, I suppose we we need to be kind of um, prepared for um, the ongoing situation in relation to the circulation of these kinds of drugs, mm-hmm. you know. So we're not expecting uh, these drugs to disappear anytime soon. Uh, we have to, <coughs> excuse me, we have to actually um, uh, be ready to support all of those people who are actually um, you know, I suppose uh, very vulnerable in terms of their drug use um, and, you know, keeping them safe as much as we can uh, while uh, drugs like that circulate. Okay. That drug y- you've mentioned and, and the warning mm-hmm. as well, um, the risk warning from the HSE, that followed, I believe, David, a, a number of serious o- overdoses. Is that is that the case? 
not That's just in correct, Cork. Yeah. So we, within, within a very short space of time, Andrea, and I suppose we knew that we were uh, entering into a, a new kind of uh, I suppose, a, a arrangement in terms of uh, the circulation of this kind of drug uh, within, uh, within a day. So it came to our attention that um, we had uh, around four or five overdoses within a 24-hour period. Uh, that's very unusual for a city the size of Cork. And, you know, as that was happening, uh, our interagency group had been kind of meeting at that point in time over a number of weeks. Uh, we had set up communication systems to, to share information so that we knew that this was happening. So we had live information. Um, and on that day when we were having more overdoses than we should have been having in a city like the size of Cork, we were able to get our hands then as well on a sample of the substance. Um, so that was really important for us as well in terms of being able to confirm what was circulating in Cork. Um, and we were able to get that uh, sample that we got our hands on, uh, tested in the National Lab um, and had a result the following day to confirm that it was the same kind of drug that had circulated in Dublin a month previously. Like. So, okay. um, so, yeah, so we had to be kind of uh, on the ball in terms of all of that. We talk an awful lot about the uh, the situation with open drug dealing, uh, drug use in, in, in Dublin city centre. How bad or how much of an issue uh, is that in Cork, David? Look, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't be saying that Cork is any different to any other city in Ireland or any other part of the world, Andrea. I mean, uh, we have significant challenges around drug use. Um, and I suppose what we have been doing in terms of all of the agencies down here um, and the community and voluntary sector who are hugely important to us in terms of our response to many of these uh, challenges that we have in our city, um, you know, I suppose that's what's probably more important to us. I mean, you know, we're no different to any other city, uh, you know, so I'll put it like that. Uh, we have the challenges that other cities have and what we've been trying to do in terms of the agencies and the community and voluntary sector organisations in Cork City um, and across the rest of the county as well and in Kerry. I mean, that's our kind of geographical area in terms of our responsibilities. Um, we've been doing all that we can in our power for decades in terms of supporting people and families through uh, these situations. OK. Stay with us, David, because I've got Nicole on the line. Nicole Ryan um, is a counsellor who specialises in, in addiction and also gives talks too as well in, in, uh, in a lot of schools. Nicole, how did you get involved in this? Um, I got involved in this space, I guess, not by like a, a, a want initially. Uh, my brother Alex has passed away back in 2016 after taking a synthetic substance in uh, Cork City. Sorry to hear that. And yeah, after that then I began Alex's adventure. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Alex was, he's 18. Um, at the time, he'd just finished his leaving cert. He moved up to, to the city from uh, Mill Street um, that November, that previous November. And he was just an 18-year-old making his way in the world for the first time, really excited to be in the city, uh, making new friends, starting a job, living on his own for the first time. So, you know, he was a really lovely guy, lovely person. Everybody just kind of gravitated towards him and really loved him. Mm. As, as this he, he passed away in in 2016. Obviously, everything changed for for you and and your family after that, Nicole. Like when when you look now as somebody who's working as a counsellor and, and specialising in this area, what do you see day to day? Yeah, I I predominantly work with a lot of younger people who are in addiction, 
um, that are just as wild and as blown as, you know, somebody that's an adult in addiction. Um, and there's lots of younger people and there's more and more younger people and they're from very rural communities as well. Um, so it's not just city kind of problems. These are small villages, small towns, people who may be playing sports, who are like pillars of their community, all that kind of stuff. But they have really big challenges ahead of them. And that's that's who I'm kind of looking looking at at the moment. And when you're in the schools, how are students, how do they respond? Like, is it something, uh, I'm sure they are aware, you know, of this before you come in to talk to them? <clears throat> yeah, they're fairly aware. They're very clued in. They have social media. They have access to, I suppose, drugs at the tip of a couple of clicks, realistically. Um, they are clued in, but they're also very naive um, around some of the kind of dangers, some of the things that they might haven't they haven't considered around drug use how easy it can turn from being fun to actually being an addiction. Um, so the responses have been always great with them, you know. Um, they take their time to reach out afterwards or else their parents would reach out. So there is a massive need to help educate them in, at school level um, because, you know, they're they're the next generation and they're going to be the ones that are going to be going to college and, you know, part of our workforce. So it's really important that they know that this exists um, this is the reality and there's ways that you can, you know, mind yourself. Is it more prevalent in um, in, in, in the kind of rural areas and, and beyond the sort of the urban main streets of the city centres, Nicole, than we might think? Yeah, I don't think there's any village or town that isn't touched by drug use. Um, and it's, re- it's, it's either cocaine or it's cannabis. Um, those are the ones that are popping up time and time again. Um, when you think about young people in rural Ireland and the facilities and the amenities that they have, for instance, for myself and like from Mill Street, uh, Mill Street doesn't have a youth club. So it closed down back when I was younger, when I was still in, I think, just finished secondary school, which was like maybe around 2010. And then we had nothing to do. Like, you know, you have nowhere to go. So you're kind of just hanging around from place to place. Um, and there's nothing for young people to kind of do. And a lot of the rural um, youth clubs and stuff like that are closing, you know, there's lack of funding, etc. So young people don't really know what they're what to do. There's not enough amenities for them. A lot of them will just go to the pub and then that's when the drug use kind of starts. Stay with us, Nicole, if you don't mind, for a few moments, because I have um, Colm Kelleher as well. Colm is, of course, Fianna Fáil councillor and, and, and former Lord Mayor of Cork. Colm, what do you think should be done to try and tackle drug use, not just around Cork, but I suppose really in in general and and further afield? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, look, I suppose it it, it is a scourge that you know we face as a society, not only here in Cork City, but you know across across the country. And you know, David um, and Nicole have referenced uh, that you know there isn't a village or a town in the country that isn't you know unfortunately scarred by drug use. Um, look, there, there's there's a number of issues facing all. I suppose, you know, addicts or people that are, are you know, heavily involved in drugs, uh, there's a, like mental health issues is a massive issue with it, but there's also dependence uh, in particular on opioid use, but in this case, heroin in Cork City and further afield. Um, I personally believe that, you know, that we need to have a health-led approach um, in relation to people that are addicted to, um, you know, opioids. Um, you look at other countries across the world, they've introduced the likes of uh, medical supervised injection facilities. Um, that's something that I championed as Lord Mayor and I'm still pushing as, as a local councillor here in the city. Okay. Um, so a supervised and, in, in, in injection centre in Cork, Colm? 
Yes, 100%, and I'd be, I'd be a big advocate of that. Um, I, along with other mem- elected members of Cork City Council and members of the HSC and Gardaí Cana, um, and David uh, was also there. We went on a learning site visit to Lisbon uh, in May of last year uh, to effectively look at you know, the Portuguese model and how they implement it, and we went to uh, a fixed supervised injection facility, and we also visited a, a mobile supervised injection facility. Now, uh, the legislation is in place to provide them here in the Republic. Um, it was passed a number of years ago. And I know Merchants Key in Dublin um, is pushing on, and I believe that it's going to open later on this year. Um, mm. You know, Professor Aileen Keenan, um, who would be at the National Clinical Lead on Addiction Services, would be heavily involved in that, and he accompanied us on that visit as well. Um, there is the major issue every time it's kind of been floated at a local joint policing committee or in the local radio stations down here that people have a fear of, you know, yes, they acknowledge there's a problem, but we don't want this in our locality, you know? Yeah, it's a conversation uh, in, 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 that happens from Dublin as well, but yeah. Yeah, and, and Merchants Key in Dublin initially, you know, the issue, you know, hit a stumbling block with planning regs and stuff like that. Um, we visited a, a, a mobile one in, in Portugal, in Lisbon, and um, I was I was absolutely intrigued. This was effectively a, a, a minibus um, that was kitted out um, with all, uh, you know, safe uh, injection paraphernalia, ster- heavily sterilised, um, and it was given out to service users. Um, but the whole idea of it is that it was in close proximity to, and it can be in close proximity to a medical um, facility. Like I've long said in Cork that, you know, if we do introduce one, and I feel one is required, that it should be in close proximity or on a medical campus um, because you're going to have service users okay. and, you know, people that, that are dependent on, sadly, on this opioid. Um, and, you know, there can be complications from time to time. Naloxone is readily available in these centres, which is the antidote to an overdose. And it can save lives because, you know, the people that are unfortunately addicted to this, you know, scourge of a, of a substance, they're people, sons and daughters and brothers and mothers and sisters, you know. And uh, they, they weren't always like this, you know. And I believe we need a medical approach as opposed to a criminal one uh, for people suffering from it. Um, and when they engage but in the one, But one that's near, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a health facility, basically a hospital. Correct. One that's, yes, yeah, yes. that's near. D- didn't Michael Martin just say a number of weeks back, Colm, as well, that, that he was open to the development of a supervised injection centre for drug addicts in Cork? He did. He did. He did. Um, and, you know, um, obviously I'm a member of Fianna Fáil and uh, when I came back from that learning site visit, I briefed my party colleagues on it. Um, and Michal works very closely with the elected members of Cork City Council, all of them, um, but more closely with his own party. And uh, Michal was briefed of that. that. And look, the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know, they do work the world over. And the whole idea is that you get uh, a, a poor soul that is dependent on, on this horrible substance. You get them in. Um, it, it, it severely and significantly reduces uh, overdoses that help save lives. But it's not, a, it's not about just giving them clean needles and, you know, off you go away with you into the day or the night. It's about issuing the wraparound services that are required, the counselling, um, the guidance into treatment centres, um, you know, uh, getting them on the likes of a methadone programme, and, and and getting them off this okay. do, you, do, do, do you, David, have any thoughts on on the idea of this sort of the um the health led approach that Colm's talking about, and you know potentially looking down the line at some sort of a supervised injection centre in County Cork? 
Yeah, look, uh, you know, in terms of our national strategy, Andrea, like, uh, you know, it is about, you know, reducing harm, supporting recovery. I mean, it's the, in the title of our national strategy. So um, all of this makes sense to me. Um, I've, I've been very uh, interested in this whole uh, subject for a long number of years. Um, and we've been through some journey in terms of the city down here uh, with the Cork Local Drug and Alcohol Task Force. Uh, with um, my own colleagues within the health service itself and then obviously in terms of uh, the, the wider stakeholders within the city, uh, including on Garda Shikana. Um, and, you know, you look at the likes of uh, business owners um, um, in the city centre and, you know, what, what are we going to do in terms of addressing some of the challenges that we have in relation to opiate use in particular there, uh, as Colm has been kind of highlighting. Uh, you know, so it's within our plans, you know, so I know that uh, Cork City Council are in the middle of uh, producing, uh, you know, a, a number of plans in terms of the LECP and, um, you know, again, the, all of these uh, issues that we're discussing here today um, and I suppose what we're seeing as solutions to some of these challenges that we're having will all be named in those strategies, you know. So um, we've been a big supporter and advocate of um, this kind of approach uh, for a long number of years. I think it's okay. really important, Andrea, and I, I think I'll put, I'll, put, and I'll put it on record, I think it's really important that it, uh, you know, it was right that it happened in Dublin first, uh, because this was in terms of the number of people who were caught up in terms of heroin addiction and injecting drug use uh, in Dublin is much more significant than it is in any other uh, city in the country here. Like, you know, so uh, the, the challenges that they've had in terms of setting it up have been, um, you know, have been very frustrating for a lot of people uh, because, you know, uh, you know, lives are lost for, for each day and month that passes uh, in terms of delays around establishing something like this, that people are losing their lives. And and I know for a fact, and I, you know, even before I went on that study visit with a number of colleagues uh, to Lisbon uh, last year, um, I had been looking at what they had done in King's Cross in Sydney in Australia. Um, and, you know, for, for 20 years that they had been running that facility, and it's probably 30 years at this point in time, Andrea, like, um, you know, not one person lost their lives who used that facility. Like, you know, so this is about, you know, principally saving lives, but also then reducing the harm and, you know, reducing the kind of, you know, the kind of challenges that the public see in terms of this. So in as much as Dublin has had huge challenges around establishing mm. it because of objections and local objections to we don't want yeah. to hear because like, uh, people can understand too why, why there are often uh, objections and we've discussed here in the show in, in very recent weeks the idea of whether or not we should have that health-led approach that, that we're talking about do you think David it'll happen anytime soon the opening of a facility like this in Cork I, I think I, I, uh, okay. in Cork I think I think in Cork we will have to be patient um, I mean I, I'm I'm not patient when it comes to kind of doing as much as I ca- possibly can uh, in terms of all within my power to uh, to look at establishing services and supporting services in terms of needs that are there. But, uh, you know, it is right that it happens in Dublin first and it, that will happen this year. Um, it will have to go through a process of evaluation in terms of seeing how effective it was and what have you. Uh, but we're doing our own local research down here as well, Andrea, at the moment. So... UCC, the feasibility yeah, study, is it? Exactly, yeah, and that, exactly. When's that due? So, the end so of the month? So we're, we're hoping that we'll have some preliminary okay. findings by the end of the month and then we'll okay. be well, at, it, it might be worth 
Yeah, coming back to then, I'm sure there'll be further yeah. discussion around the publication of that UCC report as well. Into uh, This is into whether or not um, there is a need to establish an injection facility in Cork City. David Lane, who's the General Manager for Social Inclusion and the Health Service Executive, Fianna Fáil Councillor and former Lord Mayor of Cork, Colm Kelleher, and uh, Nicole Ryan, who is a councillor specialising in addiction. Nicole, thanks a million as well for joining us here on Lunchtime Live today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.